Welcome to Friends Fascinated, where four friends that can talk for hours, talk for hours. I'm Jet Jones. I'm Eric DeMaio. I'm Dakota Jones. And I'm Mackenzie DeMaio, and we're excited to have you along for the ride. If you like listening to this episode, don't forget to review and subscribe. As you can probably tell, we have some other voices with us today. Unfortunately, fortunately, we'll find out. It's our husbands. Yeah. Welcome, husbands. Welcome Thank to the you. show. Thank you. We hope you're ready to be fascinated and continue being our friends. <laughs> <laughs> they brought topics of their own today. Yes. And so it's a quad surprise. So it's going to be pretty exciting. We could be all over the board today. We don't know if they're any good at this. Yep. Have we you don't guys... know if we're any good at this. <laughs> True. Is this our third time on the podcast or second time? Ooh. This is only my second. <laughs> I think second. Not going to lie, guys. Pre-pandemic... We had the boys on the show. This must have been season two or something. Yeah. Uh, and we all got so drunk <laughs> that we had to basically delete the episode. And oh, we yeah. never we, released we it. We didn't release it because we stopped partway through because it got too bad. And for the record, I was pretty sober. <laughs> so I, I know how bad it was. <laughs> I remember the faces you were giving us. We got pretty belligerent. It was so bad. Um, yeah. That so, we stopped. <laughs> exactly. Which has never happened before in the history of the show. So that being said, I'm not sure how many times you guys have been on the show because it's been a couple, but at least one has been never aired. So. Sounds good. Well, and this leads well into my topic. Please. Because we don't remember. Oh, yeah? And I'm going to talk about memory today. Good oh, segue. Because. Well done. Thank you. You're uh, it is no secret within this group that my memory is hit or miss. Yeah. Sometimes Jet brings up things and I was like, that'd be cool to talk about on the podcast or she'll tell me something that as if I know it and I'm like, oh, I, I don't think I've ever heard about that. And she's like, we literally did an episode on it. Yep. So it's hit or miss with me. But then I remember things like my mom's old, old phone number from, from when I was a kid. Yep. So interesting. Yeah. So I, as usual, saw a TikTok that <laughs> uh, got me thinking. And so uh, basically the TikTok that I saw explained that there are studies that have been done that talk about how if you are experiencing something. Trauma. Be, uh, not where I was going oh, with this. Okay. Oh, sorry. Um, Just me. A happy memory where you want to take a photo. <laughs> oh. <laughs> so maybe not your trauma. Oh. Maybe uh, a vacation or mm-hmm. a museum gotcha. or something where you want to remember it on uh, purpose. Yes. <laughs> um, Makes sense. That would be a time when... Uh, which is really common. If you're on vacation or something, everyone is taking photos the whole time. Mm-hmm. And they did a study and found that taking photos actually reduces your ability to remember the event or the specifics. Yeah. And a lot of people think that if you take a photo, then you have something to refer to, and then you have a perfect exact copy of that memory, so to speak. Mm-hmm. Except the study they did was about a really like famous, beautiful site. I don't remember what it's called. And... They did a test where they told people, like, just go through, like, don't take anything, just, like, focus on the beauty, enjoy it, whatever. And then they told the other group, take photos, you know, same thing, though. Try to remember, try to observe, but take photos Mm -hmm. as you go. And it was actually true that they gave a surprise quiz, I think it was, like, a week later, and the people that took photos didn't remember as well. They only got, like, six questions right on the quiz instead of... Uh, the people who did not take photos got about seven right. So it's not a huge difference. The It's about a little hmm. less than 10% variance. But that's I feel the difference like, between a C and a D. Yeah, I feel like, to me, it sounds like 
if your motives are different, right? If you're actively present in that moment and just Mm -hmm. feeling the vibes and absorbing the visuals and the smells and all the scenery, Mm -hmm. that makes sense. But if your motive is like typically with photos these days, especially for me, is like social media. Like you want to think about sharing the memory. Yeah, like what would other people want to see from this landscape instead of like taking it all in where I could see – if you're not as absorbed in you and yourself in that moment, it could really cause some, you know. Yeah. I think it's a case of, like, just attention, of where your mm-hmm. attention is actually focused. If you're yeah. not looking at the ocean and just focused on taking a good picture of it, I don't think you'd have a better memory of it. Agreed. That's exactly what it explained, was that if you are focused on taking a, po- a photo or taking notes or whatever it may be, that ah. takes your attention away, and therefore you're not mm. focusing on the memory. And the other part of it is that because you're taking a photo, you're expecting to have something to rely on for that memory so you don't process it as well. So I guess a question for you guys, like we went to Ireland and Italy together. When you think of those memories and those vacations and trips, do you, like in your head, do you picture the photos that we've taken that we've like looked back on, like we've posted on Instagram? Or do you actually think of like that moment or maybe a mix? I think for me, it would be a mix. Me too. Like, because a lot of the time... The visuals for me is what's tied to the photo. And I think that's the creative person in me. When I take it, I'm thinking about the angles and the colors and the vibe and like the aesthetic of it all. Mm -hmm. But when I'm reflecting back on my memories, I'm mainly like feeling the feeling of what it was like occupying that space. So I think it's a little bit of both and it helps me reflect on some of those things when I have the photos. And I do that notoriously. I like scan through my own Instagram to reminisce, but um, yeah, just kind of like those, you know, shadowy memories lying in my brain definitely have more of a vibe to them in my own head or more em- emotion attached. Like to them. the feeling of being there, yeah, mixed with the visuals. Yep. Yeah. No, I get that because I can remember the photos, and I'm and I so then I remember things like what I was wearing that day mm-hmm. that I would never otherwise yep. remember. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's kind of a mix. What do you guys think? Yeah, I think for me, if I'm present in that moment, that's where all of my attention is. And that's how I remember things best. I, I know that like when I go to concerts now, I hardly ever pull my phone out to take pictures anymore or videos. Yeah. That's a good example. It's, yeah. it's one that I've noticed because there are so many people at concerts that take video. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and the whole thing. Which the audio is not going to be good on no, that. No, everyone's so screaming <laughs> singing. It's bad. Yeah. It's yeah. like taking pictures of fireworks. Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah. 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 Yeah, and so whenever I see people taking photos or videos, I kind of pity them because that photo or video isn't going to last forever. Mm -hmm. And when they look back on it, they're only going to remember taking a photo or video of it and try and find it, and then it's not there. Yeah, your concentration's definitely not in the moment. Yeah, Yeah. absolutely. I would say mine, um, I agree, but kind of off topic again. uh, I obviously don't remember Dublin for other reasons (laughs) because I was drugged up out of my mind and sick the whole time so on I barely on dramamine on dramamine yeah. <laughs> which is like a motion like a car sickness, sickness thing yeah. over the counter medication and then nobody would let me nap so I yeah. was very grumpy and yeah. it was not a good time so I don't remember too much about that but um, the thing I could relate it to is um, I'm obviously the recent college person here and so it, I think of like notes when I think of this mm-hmm. where you, you take a lot of notes and you're so focused on taking your notes or writing whatever the teacher is writing that you almost don't even comprehend or really intake what you're actually writing down. And yeah. then you, you assume that you're going to reference it later, but then, you know, you never do because yeah. you never have time to do that. Mm-hmm. So 
I think I got into like my fourth year and I just attended lectures just to watch them and I didn't take notes anymore because I felt like I retained more information that way. Yeah, so. and That's actually, I, well, I think it varies from degree to degree too because I know there are people yeah, who like... Yeah, my degree is very visual. Yeah, so. and mine was too where it was like if you go to a lecture, you can like absorb the teachings without necessarily reflecting back on it, which was definitely a weakness of mine. And I think probably of a lot of creatives where it's like... Like, for me, I'd be more worried about how my notes look than what they say or how mm-hmm. organized they I perceive them to how much I could use them as a reference, and it yeah. was too distracting to make it worth it. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. a slippery slope. If I handwrite notes, they're almost useless because I write so slow. And there was actually, they did a similar study with TED Talks where people would attend a TED Talk, and they were either told, like, just pay attention, you know, no big deal, mm-hmm. whereas the other half were told to take notes, and the people who took notes remembered it worse because they were distracted. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> and my personal example of that is when I – so when I was in college, the first, like, three years of college, I hand-wrote my notes. I didn't take my laptop to class. It wasn't as normal back then, and it was almost useless to me. And then my senior year, I had started working as a recruiting intern, so I was getting in the hang of, like, typing really fast and typing what people said. So if I typed the notes, I did great because I had it all to refer to if I was going to be quizzed on it later. But along that line, when I was doing phone interviews with people, our company's practice was to document every single word they said as best we could. Including like ums. Yeah. And so I got really good at typing and I could type really fast everything people said and I would go back and like edit it after and clean up typos and stuff. And I literally didn't remember some of the things that people said because that wasn't, my, my attention was not focused on listening. Mm-hmm. It was on documenting. Yeah. And that's interesting. It was bizarre. It yeah. was a really weird thing because it was literally right after. Finish the conversation, go edit the notes. And it's like, oh, I forgot they talked. Like, I don't remember them talking about that. But part of it is a selective memory piece. And so one thing I wanted to talk on was the, it's called cognitive offloading. And it's something that you do, you tend to do more when you're stressed, where if you have a lot of information to intake, a ton of stuff going on, you're very stressed, you're just kind of in survival mode, your brain is subconsciously picking and choosing what it thinks is important. And it's offloading the mundane things or the things that don't matter, like... Mm -hmm. Um, like phone numbers was an example. Like if you have a super high level job, you're not going to care to remember like phone numbers and addresses and some of those little details. So in that way, having a smartphone in your pocket is really helpful. Mm -hmm. And another example might be if you're really stressed and you're driving home, it's kind of when you get there and you forget how you got home. Some of those things where your brain is picking and choosing what's important to keep for later. That's weird. It's like mental triage almost. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Mm. And our brains do that subconsciously with trauma as well. Sometimes when people have really traumatic experiences. Oh, there it is. Isn't that true? (laughs) Then they, like, their brain decides, like, ooh, we can't deal with this right now. And Mm. your brain, like, buries things. Mm -hmm. And so... Yeah, there's a lot of layers to what your brain does, but it's all subconscious. And I know for me, like, if I really want to remember something, I can, like, make it happen. Mm Kind of like the string on your finger. Like, if you really want to remember something, you can give yourself cues. Mm -hmm. And it may not work. You may just remember that you have a string on your finger and you don't know why. But you may actually, like, if you really work on it, it can. But part of it is, like, your memory is kind of a muscle that needs practice and needs exercise. And so... Take notes. Dakota, with things like, you know, dates and remembering (laughs) things and stuff. Like, for me, I know that I am good with, like, patterns and, like, forcing myself into remembering. So, like, if I'm about to go into a grocery store and I know I need, like, shampoo and maybe a red bell pepper 
and toilet paper, right? Those are three very random things, but you need to remember all three because they're vital to your mission that night. I typically like literally hold up three things on my hand mm. as, oh, I I'm, like that. as I'm walking in. So I'm like, there are three things I need and they're toothpaste or shampoo, yeah. <laughs> shampoo, <laughs> pepper, and toilet paper. I used to do that as a waiter all the time. Yeah, so yeah. you can do that in your day-to-day life and yeah. with dates. Or with songs or whatever is successful to you. Yeah, well, I that's my like fun that. tip. Yeah, <laughs> I'll like put like a visual thing that I know I'm gonna see, or like I'll literally just like hold my hand up, like this is to remember that I need to do a thing right now. Yeah, because I also will like walk into a room and forget why I'm there and mm-hmm. that kind of thing. Yep. So yeah, so there's all kinds of stuff, and a couple. So some examples would be also like people who maybe like do live tweeting or things like that. Like if you're on vacation and that kind of stuff, I can see why that would. Completely ruin your vacation oh, yeah. <laughs> if you're totally. doing stuff like that. But then another weird one is, have you ever smelled something and you just, like, are completely taken back to either a certain time? Mm. Or you don't remember why, but you know... Like, I have that right now with my new bar of soap. Oh. I'll have to have you guys all sniff it later so you <laughs> can tell can me tell. what you think it is. But it's so fruity and familiar. Like, it's... Yeah. Anyway, hmm. yes, I know exactly what you're talking about. Is it that I'm... black soap bar? Yeah. Oh, yeah. You know, um, I don't think I mentioned this, and this is kind of weird, but again, it's a childhood kind of memory mm-hmm. that I had, but I was in my car talking to my dad, and I feel like I could smell his breath, which was like, I know it sounds weird, but my mm-hmm. dad had such distinctive breath because he was like a smoker and stuff, and we always had like very particular Native American scents around the house and stuff, so it always smelled the same. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and I was just in my car. I was talking to him, and I'm like, "Dude, I can smell you." And Wait, on the phone? <laughs> on the phone? Yeah, like, yeah. Oh, like six I was hours listening apart. to him talk, and then all of a sudden, I got like a whiff of his breath, and I'm like, I was like back in Cuna. Oh. I was like, "Whoa, weird." Like your brain is putting the pieces together. Yeah, no, it was own. literally so weird. I it was so weird. I brought it up to him, and then he's like, "What is it smell?" <laughs> and I described it to him, and it wasn't great. And I won't go into how my dad's breath smells, but it, it was never good. But it, it smells huh. like home in a yeah. weird way. Yeah. We need to remember to sniff more when we want full memories. I guess. (laughs) I know. And that's part of it. And I try to do that. I'm guilty. Like, I still take pictures, but I'll take a couple minutes to, like, really look around Mm -hmm. and embrace the moment Mm -hmm. and try to remember it. But it takes conscious effort because it's not a practice because we all more or less grew up with phones. Yes. So, yeah. And I don't remember if I said, but 77% of people own smartphones and say they rely on them for memory. Man, I'd think it would be more than that. Oh, yeah. With phone numbers, addresses. I think it would be less than that. Really? Well, for the whole world, yeah. Oh, I yeah. I don't know what their sample was. Oh, I didn't okay. look at that. 77% <laughs> of a random group of people will never know. Of. Yeah. <laughs> but I was curious, do you guys feel like your memories have gotten better or worse throughout time? Maybe like in Better. Seconds? Really? Yes, because my job forces me to. Oh, okay. Yeah. See, I think mine has gotten worse over time because due to stress, I forget small details. And a lot of the things I forget would be like small details of my personal life that I don't necessarily need to remember, but didn't think I'd forget either. One hundred percent, my memory has gotten worse. Because you're so old. Yeah, just because <laughs> I'm so old. Out of be respectful of your elders. I'll try. But my biggest thing is I tend to not pay attention closely when people are talking because I uh, yes. I have such a hard time looking people in the eyes or focusing in on a one-on-one conversation mm. that my brain is elsewhere. Makes sense. Yeah, I do that too. I've, I've gotten worse about that. But I think part of it's like the stress too, like trying to remember things and trying, like you constantly have your own, mon- or I do have my own monologue in my head that I'm dealing with in the background. Yeah. I would say mine's, um, it's a bit mixed. I feel like my memory has always been consistently poor. 
Um, but nowadays, I feel like it's better simply because I rely on tools more. Like I'm utilizing calendars and yeah. reminders. I obviously have Jet that is a big vessel of knowledge and reminds me when it's my mom's birthday. <laughs> and so I probably come off as more memory-wise. But I, you know, yeah, I, I have day-to-day -day tasks at work, week-to-week -week tasks at work, and events that vary from week to day to month to year mm -hmm. that people expect me to know the name and general details of at all times. <laughs> and so I'm like, mew, 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 mew. Yes, and I think, well, I work in the event industry, and I think that's why it's so stressful and it has a very high turnover rate is because that level of pressure, a lot of people cannot handle. Yeah, that's it's a lot. lot. One thing that it did mention was that the perception is that people's kind of cognitive memories and abilities have gotten worse because we rely on phones mm. but it also mentioned that for some people if they were weak in those areas anyway like for example if they were always horrible at directions having that device and that thing to rely on oh, actually yeah. helps bring them up to like a better level yeah. so maybe you didn't have that anyway and you just have a tool to help you that's interesting because dakota is great at navigation and like street names and stuff mm. and you like memorize your checkpoints mm -hmm. that's kind of funny because i suppose i do that in other ways so we that's have our true. strong suits. That's so, true. yeah we all have our tendencies i think and things that resonate more in our brains totally and one thing i probably one of the last things i want to mention was do you ever like i think parents do this a lot or at least that's my experience where uh you're, you've been hearing the same stories over and over your entire <laughs> life but over time they kind of gradually get more extreme or yep. more dramatic and people and and you like question them you're like no i think in that story the car was orange not red and it's like no it was orange. like they're so sure because you, every time you remember something, you're remembering the last time you remembered it. Mm -hmm. And you start to, it starts to develop over time and alter because it, you're not remembering the very first experience anymore. And you kind of convince yourself that something is true that maybe well, wasn't. I'm glad you brought this up. And listeners, I suggest you get in an air-conditioned room because I'm about to bring the heat <laughs> about a particular squirrel I hit. Oh! Yeah, yeah. which I swear... I hit in my neighborhood, but Jet thinks that I hit in Boise. Yeah. And we have never been able to come to an agreement on this in and years. I, I know that I'm right, though, unfortunately for him. That's um, not true. See, but it, he knows he's right. This could be the Jet versus Dakota podcast for the next 30 minutes, <laughs> and there would be no resolution because Jet is too stubborn with her wrongness. If but only you took a picture. Listeners, call what? in and what? vote. <laughs> Who do you think Who is do you right? believe? <laughs> Email friendsfascinated at gmail.com. I'll make sure to take Dakota. a picture of the next squirrel I hit. Yeah, that, that's not weird at all. Please but don't. a call back to what you just said about parents and well, so we're directing this at parents because we're I mean that's bitter middle aged and also adults. siblings. But yeah, yeah, uh, yes, and I think that can go super far. In fact, I think that could turn into things like delusions and crazy things that I have witnessed before. So yes, I think I very guess. much storytelling and remembering. If you're spending too much time in the past forcing yourself to remember you are creating adverse realities that may not be beneficial. Well, and I'm, I'm going to take this in a very debatable direction, but like, it, and you think of back to old times and people used to tell stories and pass them mm -hmm. down and maybe mm -hmm. they got written into religious documents. I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of thing? Did the bush really tell them what to do? Was it really on fire? Mm -hmm. I don't know. <laughs> what are you talking about? <laughs> <laughs> Spoiler Moving alert, the main on. character dies. <laughs> <laughs> well, 
We're talking about Twilight, right? <laughs> yeah, something uh, like that. I'll go with that. Sure. Okay. <laughs> Might I, have been I, less I actually can't tell if he's joking or not. He is. He... Sure, I am. <laughs> sure. Yeah, I, yeah. yeah. Somebody dies in that, I'm pretty sure. Oh, I think a lot of people. <laughs> people die in everything. Yeah, that's true. That's true. That's true. Well, that's all I have on my topic. So I'm going to hand it off to my lovely husband. And uh, I hear it's going to be nerdy. It is. It is 100% nerdy. Yay. My topic <laughs> for this week is speedrunning. Oh. oh. Of Wait, video games? Jets yes. has no idea what you're Oh, I know what this is. I know what it is. I'm, I'm excited. Congratulations. I, thought it was, I started out as speedrunning as an Olympic <laughs> Running sport. fast? Yes. It's like speed walking, but speedrunning. I was like, but isn't all running speedrunning? <laughs> anyway, well, not but then I, I remembered I know the nerdy term too, so ha. Huh. Yeah. Well, and I will, I, I do want to point out that when Jet and I, okay, so we sprung this, the idea of them joining us on this yesterday, yes. and we were like, okay, so you better come up with a topic, yep. and I very much was like, you should go on TikTok and find a topic, because that is the best way yep. to jog your memory or, like, spark interesting things. Well, that's what I did. I went on TikTok, and I started poking around, and I saw video games, and I was like, oh, I like that game. Oh, wait. He's running through this really fast. <gasps> Speed running. It's a thing. Which game was he playing that you saw? Uh, it was Mario. Oh. So well, Mario's sense. good for speedrunning. Yeah. yeah. So they Can't have... Can't Kenzie speedrun Mario? She's very... I don't... I, am, I know a lot of, like, secrets and stuff, and I can do it pretty quick, but is it... Would you consider it a speed run? I don't... Like, I stop. I wouldn't consider it a speed run because she does stop before she jumps at certain points. Mm-hmm. I think the world record for the original Super Mario Bros. speed run is four minutes and 55 seconds. We should time me sometime. Yeah, so it's insanity. Maybe I'll get to this, but is it is it only to do with the fastest, not with the most points? Uh, it really oh. depends. It, there's different levels of speed running. There's different categories that you can do. You could do what's called an any percent, where... Your goal is to get the fastest time. Doesn't matter what you have, what your points are, if you've completed side quests, anything like that. It's literally A to B as fast as you can. I like that. Are there like Guinness World Records and stuff, or like Nintendo records? Do you get prizes for this? There's like a leaderboard, right? There is a leaderboard. Um, I don't know if Nintendo sponsors anything like this. For the most part, the biggest part of the speedrunning community that I know about is. Um, gdq or games done quick hmm. which is a is it like a youtube channel or something? i think that they do have a youtube channel but no they're um for like not for profits they're for raising money for awareness oh. yeah they're fundraisers yeah, like thank you okay yeah it's charity thank you words are hard apparently <laughs> um so they will have what they call um sgdq which is summer games done quick mm-hmm. where every year they have this big speed running event and all of the money that gets donated is goes to charity and fundraisers it's super cool Mm -hmm. um and then there are people that just do it as their as their stream for like twitch or youtube or whatever they're they're streaming can anybody do it or is it only people associated with this company or this charity oh anyone can do it you can jump on twitch right now and start up your own channel Mm -hmm. well for like the fundraising you mean i think that you can sign up but I don't know enough That's about it. That's typically how fundraisers work, is like as many people as you can get to buy a ticket or whatever. Like sponsor or something. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. No, that makes sense. Yeah. So is there is there a game that you think you could confidently speedrun? No, absolutely not. <laughs> really? No. Nothing? Uh-uh. I take my time with video games for the most part. I'm a, I'm a completionist as well. They do have 
like one of the categories is a hundred percent, so you can go for the full completion. You got everything throughout the game. Oh, that would be like basically without stopping, though. Yes, it's all in one sitting. That sounds impossible to me. Uh, A lot of the games that people do, uh, not necessarily dying, can be used as a glitch to make it so you get back to a certain point faster instead of walking there yourself. Okay. But Hmm. I know that one one speed run that I was watching was a guy that was doing the Legend of Zelda: The Wind Waker. And I think that he was capping out at like six hours for a full playthrough oh when he was doing God. it. And so, so, like, you don't move. What would be no. the typical playthrough? That time? sounds horrible to me. For that, mm-hmm. I don't know offhand. I th- I've seen a couple of uh, Legend of Zelda is the biggest one that I know of that like takes the longest amount of time because it's a huge game. Mm-hmm. And I think there is someone that was at uh, like two hours for Ocarina of Time, which is a monstrous game. Mm hmm. But I don't know offhand all of the stats for people and what they do. I, I think I've seen this for... I, I didn't watch the whole thing because it was like a two-hour video, but Doom Eternal. Yeah. Which is a game I think I could Ooh, maybe speedrun or at least marathon through. Mm-hmm. But that's a game I spent maybe like 60 hours on because I died Oof. 8 billion times. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I've seen videos of people completing it in like two hours on like the hardest difficulty. Yeah, there's there's all kinds of crazy things that you can do. I know with the newest Legend of Zelda, there are people that go from like the starting area to the final boss in about 15 minutes. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. yeah. Well, and they're fun to watch. I've seen some of the ones you've you've watched and they just, the way they like jump and hit the perfect spot to do the perfect trick to do the thing to skip mm-hmm. a whole level and it's, it's mm-hmm. pretty insane. I think Super Mario Maker is one of the big ones right now because they're all fan-made levels. So you get to build your own level and then people can try and speed run through it as, you know, as fast as they can. And then because it's all online, it keeps track of world records who's finished that track the fastest or who's completed that level the fastest. Have you you guys, I feel like this spills in the other things. Have you guys... You two who are not video game players. Have pointing you guys, at Jet and I. Yeah. Yes, I'm pointing at you. Visual joke. Um, have you guys ever heard of Dark Souls, the video game? Yes. Yes. And what have you heard about it? The name. Awesome. <laughs> well, it's it's notorious for being like one of the hardest games ever. It's ah. like it's it's in its own category of difficulty. And now people are doing like not necessarily speed runs, but like no hit runs where they like beat the game on a Guitar Hero guitar. Instead oh. of an actual controller, oh without getting gosh. hit, without any armor, and it, it's really impressive. See, it's really the crazy. reason why I like and respect the idea of this is because I think as um, wives of people who play video games, we see how they suck your money away. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and so I like the idea that you could find a new creative way to beat a game that makes it as entertaining for you again. When you already own it, mm. don't have to rebuy. Because, yeah, if you have a playthrough and you're done once and it's a very story-driven, you know, game... There may be no other reason for you to play it again, and then you're out 60 bucks, and it's like, wah, wah, you know? I will say, I don't really like story games. I like a game like Mario where I can just, like, race through it and get better and find things. and Or the Untitled Duck, or Goose. Duck, goose. goose. <laughs> untitled Goose game. Yeah, yeah. but that's not one that I would probably play again yeah. because I know the secrets. Well, we should all get, um, what's that, the one with the yarn people? The It Takes Yarny? Two? Oh, um, we actually just played, no, we just played It Takes oh, Two. Yeah. We did. did you guys, guys do the, the demo? Yeah, we yeah, played the, the demo. demo. We the did demo too. was so good. It was cute. It was very we cute. We got into it. <laughs> we, Eric was like, oh, I heard of this. Let's try it. And it's very much like we got a couple minutes in and I was like, 
are you trying to put me through marriage counseling right now? <laughs> Literally, <laughs> yeah. I had yeah. no idea anything on the story. So I just knew story. that it was two people. Mm-hmm. You go through, yeah. you play it, you solve puzzles. And I was <laughs> like, it is intentionally designed to like test your patience yeah. with your partner. Yeah, it's basically to fix their marriage because they're going to get divorced yeah. otherwise. And yeah. I'm feeling yeah. they're not by the end. Hopefully. We'll see. It, it made me laugh though. Yeah. But yeah, that, that game is definitely a fun one. But imagine someone trying to speed run that. Uh, the no. wife would ruin it. Yeah, not with the wife. <laughs> <laughs> there are so many TikToks of people just sitting there watching their wife jump off the cliff like eight thousand times. That's me. Like, wait, you can double jump? <laughs> yeah, I did fall into. There were a handful of times she's like, "Wait, how did you make it across?" And I was like, "I pushed the buttons it told me to." Yeah. I don't like reading the directions. Really? I don't yeah. like the story. I just want to boing, the boing, yes. boing. Yeah. Well, we we me and Jet were not having a fun time with it because she was getting mad at me because um, I was being me. And then we got to this part where you could do a challenge game against one another. Oh, and no. Jet smoked me. Did She's I? like, oh, violence is involved against my <laughs> is it the hammer? Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I, I tried it felt nine good. ways to Sunday to beat her, and I couldn't beat her. Yep. Eric kept beating me, too. Yeah, I beat Kenzie on both of them, on yeah. both parts, because they're different parts. And oh, I, God, I, we switched controllers, and I went through, and I still beat her. I might buy that game. That's a fun game. It if you do, fun. get it digitally, because yeah. Kenzie and I oh, went there. Yeah. Oh, have Buy it together, have Yeah, there we go. Okay, no, we're doing tonight. I actually was getting annoyed though because if you messed up basically once or looked around for too long, it told you exactly what to do or like gave you a really strong hit. No, I want to do Uh it myself. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, that's one thing. Like, there are puzzle games out there like Portal that is unforgiving. It it will not. I love it. It won't teach you how to do it. it. You haven't played God of War yet, but if you make one wrong move in that, you die and you get no explanation. Just oh, and, and full Just, circle back to Dark Souls, it's the same way. Exactly. You make one mistake and you get hit and by something maternal, and you're dead. It, it's That sounds torturous. awful. Yeah. Well, and because of that, with Portal, like, you and a friend were watching me at one point, and I finished a level, and they were, you both were like, I don't know why that worked. That's not what you were supposed that's to it. do. Yeah, yeah, yeah that's and good. it's super fun to watch other people play games and see how they come up with the mm-hmm. solution. I'm mm-hmm. so bad at video games when Portal comes into play. I have no idea where I am ever, and it is a nightmare. Oh, it is God. trippy for she, a while. She shoots randomly, and then she goes through the other portal, and then she's in a different part of the room and has to spend two minutes trying to <laughs> record where, where she is. She's like, it's where so are bad. you? Where's the door? Where am I? Yep, it <laughs> doesn't funny. make any sense to me. Oh, too funny. But throwback to this topic about speed running, the reason that I know what this is is because I I watch a lot of YouTube. It's what I consume. And there's a guy named like Curtis Connor who does... Um, commentary videos on just like whatever is you mean the award-winning country singer (laughs) do you mean dr curtis connors also known as the lizard man spider-man no no weird i didn't ever put that together that's another double c name that we could use for uh, scategories Scategories. (laughs) anyway sorry continue (laughs) anyone was wondering we did really bad at scategories last night yeah but really good at yahtzee Yahtzee, yeah dakota but he wanted to win a world record um speed run but he, for what game? Uh, but that's the thing is that he's just like a commentary guy. He's into video games, but not like super, like a lot. Oh. But I think he was. He said he got caught up watching the Zelda ones or something, and mm-hmm. knew he would never be able to do that, even though he loved that game. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and so he researched games that had like approachable like uh, speed runs through them. And I think it's actually we mentioned it today. It's like an old arcade kind of version of a golf game. Um, well, we were talking about Mario Golf, but that probably. Oh, might be it. maybe I'm confusing <laughs> it with that. But basically, he played some sort of like Mario esque looking version of a. Was golf it game. Wii Golf? 
No, no, oh, no, no, no. I loved Wii Golf. <laughs> no, I don't even remember what it was called, but you had to like um, just hit the button to line up the the swing in the middle of some bar to get it to go, and then you oh. had to play that through nine holes or something. Yeah. And then eventually he got the world record for the video, and it was really funny because he he kind of rigged the system obviously to find one with a really low speed <laughs> yeah, run, but yeah. he still got one. And he was so excited. It's because oh, cool. I think that game cabinet's only at like bars, <laughs> like the Pacific yeah. Northwest. Yeah. Oh. If it's the one I'm thinking of, probably. That's funny. Cool. Very good topic. Yeah. Thanks. Any yeah. other tidbits about it? Just the idea of speed running and the way that you can modify games, I guess is really interesting to me because mm-hmm. they have all kinds of different ways that you can play games. You can play like Dakota was saying with Doom where you or with uh, Dark Souls where you go through and you don't get hit once or mm-hmm. with Pokemon series they have a a version of it called a Nuzlocke where you run through and anytime one of your Pokemon gets knocked out, you can't use it again for the rest of the game. Oh jeez. So you have to rely on your catch and Does it die? In their mind, it does, but it, it does. Out. Yeah, it's, <laughs> yeah. And so then you don't heal it. Yeah, it, no. <laughs> yeah. What would happen? It's essentially yeah. It it faints, and then you take it to the PC, and you put it in the PC, and then you can release it into the wild, never to be seen again, Aww. which is really depressing. But wow, they have they have challenges like that where it's like, okay, I'm gonna go through this game, and you know they have randomizers where it will randomize whatever Pokemon shows up. And you can only catch certain Pokemon. They just put different challenges on themselves mm. to make it more interesting. Hmm. Interesting. Well, I think the main takeaway I have from this is um, as uh, my wifely duty for budget reasons <laughs> to require things of games. Like, did you beat it speedrun style? Did you beat it with no deaths? Did you beat it with no scope? <laughs> so like, it was a challenge <laughs> exactly yeah, I mean, you have Fallout to beat it these three ways yeah. scope. well yeah. i mean me and eric are pretty good we we play mostly multiplayer games i feel like yeah well no, not mostly good. but you we do, do. we do yeah we, but later we'll if i need a reason that'll be my you would own, <laughs> own dozens more games if we did not exist in your yeah. lives accurate <laughs> probably true but also i don't like that rule because new games come out all the time yeah, and we want to try new games gotta earn them gotta earn them Fine, if you put a challenge forth, I will do my utmost to See, complete that, it before that, I can get a new game. That's Loaded. the fun part, right? Yeah. Yeah, exactly. It has to be a reasonable challenge. We'll see. <laughs> challenge accepted. Challenge accepted. Fun. Well. Oh, is it my turn? Nope. No, it's oh. mine. <laughs> I got eyes, so I didn't know. Nope. I'm gearing up for transitioning into mine because mine is sad. Oh. Do you want to take a few breaths? <laughs> no. Speaking of... <laughs> games this ain't no game whatsoever but it is in reference to the olympic games equally good transition thank you (laughs) i got there that's a good segue that's Um, a good segue so basically again this has to do with youtube rabbit holes for me and something that had been popping up on my recommended lately is a lot of gymnastics so i was actually following i don't know like the terminology or really how people compete in gymnastics besides they have like floor and bar and vault and high bar, whatever, whatever. Um, They have a couple different things they compete in as individuals and as a group. And so I'd been watching a lot of gymnastics as it geared up for this year's Olympics. So of course that's the uh, Simone Biles stuff where um, she was like literally the star Olympian because everybody loves to watch gymnastics because it's beautiful and kind of dancey and fun, but also obviously super athletic. Um, 
So that being said, consuming a lot of that. Well, that unfortunately led me to learn about something that has happened in the industry with a lot of gymnasts that I wanted to bring to light because after I started watching those YouTube videos on um, today's gymnast, it started kind of going back to the earlier Olympics and other things like that. And then I got onto Olympian testimony, YouTube, basically my recommendeds kept being young women explaining experiences that they had while training for the Olympics or, um, like you have to make the Olympic team basically. So you're on other like elite teams before you qualify. So basically lots of testimonies that I kept watching about this story. And I was like, what is this? So here comes the heavy stuff. Should we put a trigger warning for like abuse of any kind? Yes. Oh. Sexual oh. abuse. Oh God. Okay. Yes. So the story I'm going to talk about today is about Larry Nasser. Um, he began working with the USA gymnasts in 1986 as the Olympic team's athletic trainer. You've never heard of him. Uh, I've heard the good. name. Have you? Yeah. Okay. yeah. Well, you're never going to forget after this story. Ooh, okay. So um, he also went to medical school and was a faculty member of um, Michigan State University or MSU. But he abruptly retired in 2015 um, after a year of, um, basically a year after a whole bunch of allegations came out about sexual assault. Mm. So um, just a little bit of backstory before I get into what actually happened. Um, some backstory on what these Olympian women specifically that the stories I've been interested in um, have been Simone Biles and Sean Johnson. So Sean Johnson was an Olympian who competed in two different Olympics. I'm not exactly sure which one. I know one of them was Tokyo. Or is this year Tokyo? This year's this Tokyo. Year is Tokyo. Beijing. That's what I'm thinking of. Oh, okay. so 2008. Yes. Yeah. Um, so she was a super famous Olympian uh, gold medalist. Um, I actually follow her on YouTube. Fun fact, she just had a baby boy and named it Jet. So I thought that was kind of cute. With two Ts? Yep. Nice. Yeah. So anyway... I'd been following her on YouTube, which is probably why I got the recommended of all the other gymnasts and all these all these stories. Um, and she actually had come out talking a lot about um, her time as a gymnast and things she experienced. Um, from what I understand, she was not a victim of Larry Nasser, um, but she did talk about her experiences that I thought would be helpful for some context that will kind of make us all understand how this happened the way it happened. So Sean made a whole video herself about eating disorders and her time in the Olympics or training to be an Olympian and how basically, and I can relate to this and maybe that's why I sympathize with these stories, is when you come from a family that's absorbed in athletics, I cannot imagine the Olympic level. Mm. And most professional gymnasts are usually under the age of 18. So they're minors and they're super athletes, like ripped, amazing. Yeah, like yeah. they are invested in this. A lot of these Olympians drop out of public school so that they can train all day, every day to get prepared for the Olympics. It's like a full-time job. It is. They're supporting or their more. families. Mm -hmm. um, so that being said, she came out talking about basically the the bad parts that led her to have so many like eating issues when she grew up and like self-image and like all of her self-confidence was in how she looked and how she was perceived and all of those things. And so anyway, she talked about 
that that was an experience that she had and that's why when she started a family and decided to move away from those things it was a it was a hard decision to make and she was struggling with eating disorders all through like up until she had kids and even still you know once you have an eating disorder it's hard for them to go away the rest of your life they still have their faces but in recent news i'm sure you guys have heard about simone biles recently she dropped out of the Olympic Games as a um, as a team member. So, like I said, I think you can compete um, compete on those four different events or as a team. So there's like an Olympic team, and you all compete for a total score against the other countries, and you can compete against all the countries as an individual. So I think she dropped out of everything, but maybe a couple individual events, but dropped out of the team because basically they're saying. Um, her statement is it was for mental health reasons Mm -hmm. and she got a lot of backlash about that and i think that is absolutely insane because what they've gone through and she had Mm -hmm. so much of a spotlight on her from winning i don't even know how many gold medals she has but she was like the queen favored to win by a lot yes like they were saying that she is like the best athlete of all time in the lead up you you see videos of her and she looks cgi'd she's like in the air for massive amounts of time yeah it's yeah crazy. a super athlete well and what i saw was that the main reason she dropped or one of the factors was she was afraid due to her mental state that she would injure herself yeah. really bad because yeah. of the things you're doing like you could easily break your neck and every other part of your body yeah and so she was worried that if she attempted to follow through that she would really hurt herself yep which exactly. i think is smart yeah and unfortunately simone was a victim of larry Really? So, yes. I have heard that she's gone through stuff like that. Yeah. I don't know the details. Yeah. So, please tell me. So, this horrible Larry Nasser was estimated to have sexually abused more than Jerry Sandusky, Bill Cosby, and Harvey Weinstein combined. <gasps> Whoa. Um, oh, my god. The known victim count for him is 300 women and <gasps> one man, or one boy. And these are oh, young women, too, These are right? mostly like, minors. not even women. Children. Um, the youngest age I saw was six. What? Yeah. Oh, gosh. So um, even some children were abused in the room with their parents in the room. Wow. So. How does that even happen? Exactly. Yeah. So that's why I wanted to give you the precursor of what I did about athletics before I talked about this is because oh. that's the initial question everybody had, right? Mm-hmm. How did this happen to so many minors? Well, there is a technique of some sort of physical therapy, I guess, where for women you can enter internally with a gloved hand to assist with like some hip and back you're kidding. Movement? I'm not kidding. Well, Larry would do that in rooms with parents in there, but I guess the difference is he wasn't using a glove and proper procedure, and he was also recording it to share with others. Ooh. Oh, so, so was his defense kind of like he was doing it for medical yes, procedures yes. and he was recording it for training purposes or yes. something like that? Um. But that doesn't even include, so there were over 200 testimonies in court of women who had experienced his sexual abuse, unfortunately, Mm -hmm. and a lot of repeat people because there were some individuals who had been 
had over a hundred appointments with him where he would do things like that, but also other things with, I mean, I never heard about him penetrating with anything, but his hands or molesting, not saying that's better than anything, but, um, basically he was, he was using his medical license that he gained while actively being this athletic trainer. So he wasn't actually a doctor Mm -hmm. in the beginning of his journey and eventually through MSU got his medical license and could perform. Um, But basically he was using that and basically advocating for these young women who had dreams of going to the Olympics. And he was the Olympic trainer, but also could offer his services as a, basically as a medical advisor and physical therapist and things for um, ailments that these young children would get trying to do such a like intensive sport, you know, and a lot of them would like break their backs or their hips or their leg or like whatever. And he would be the one there to rescue them. And they thought that he was one of their tickets to being in the Olympics someday. So not only was it minors, it was injured minors. Oh, yeah. Yeah, fully taking advantage of their position and what they were trying to do. And And since he was tied to the Olympic team... Everyone thought it was okay, Exactly, exactly. And that's why parents would have been in the room sometimes when this was happening because he would explain it as a medical procedure even though he was getting a rise out of it. And the reason that this can't... I mean... Obviously, we're going to believe all of the victims in this case, but the reason that this absolutely cannot be excused is he also had, like, 36,000 um, files of child pornography on his computer as well. Ooh. And oh um, a lot... So the reason I got into this was um, all the testimonies. Like, they were so compelling. I encourage everybody to go on YouTube and listen to how strong these young athletes and women were and are. Um, talking about what he had done to them and how he basically rigged the system for his own kicks for, I think, like two decades. Mm-hmm. So there was, there's grown women now, and I think his youngest to testify was about 15 at the time um, when she was bravely speaking about her experiences. And a lot of them said he actually used food as a tool because a lot of them would be have such intense eating disorders or quote-unquote meal plans so that they could build their bodies to be a certain way for the sport that he would say she has to eat this and he would sneak them food and like literally use whatever he could to tell them you're going to be an Olympian or I'm going to get you the food you need that they're not giving you like whatever angle he could use to get isolated with these girls and take advantage of them he used get them to like him yes so, um, basically, he is convicted now. He is in jail. Good. Um, like I said, I very much encourage everybody to go online and watch some of those testimonies if you want to hear very strong people talk about their experiences. Um, I think a lot of people stepped down from, like, the USA, like, Olympic gymnast team, um, like, whatever the faculty and groups are made of there, and MSU because there has been a lot of backlash. Obviously, if there's, you know, 300 plus victims, they all have families and they're all livid that this happened, that he could manipulate the system to do something this awful. I'm sure. Yeah, Yeah. so he is in jail for the rest of his life. So that's the good news here. Um, And I think, you know, a lot of the women who testified are now advocating for changes in the sport 
And so if you think about what Simone Biles did in stepping away from the Olympics this year, also as a victim of this, and she has her own personal struggles or whatever that may be, like these women are strong in more ways than one. And this is a sick, sick man. And so I just wanted to mention, because I just feel like the Olympics are now, people need to realize the sacrifice that some of these athletes have put up and the positions of power um, that children have to navigate just to meet their goals or their family's goals or like we talked about it, it's their full-time job a lot of these girls drop out of school as minors as yeah. middle schools uh, middle schoolers or high schoolers well and if their family's income relies on it, it does they get the sponsorships pressure. and things like that and like Simone Biles her family built an entire gym and run their own gym yeah with her money that she earned by ha- like being an athlete so you can't imagine the amount of stress that is of your family's income, you know, training for that, having the mental state with the lack of nutrition and whatever that may be to get all these people to where they were for someone like this to take advantage of a system like this. And I think it makes it very glaring, like, how that system must be extremely messed up and all those people who had testimonies, you know, explained in detail the changes that they wanted to see. So I'm not even really going to speak on that because if you want to hear their input, that's much more important. I think they have good ideas on how the industry could change and how people could be protected. And MSU and the USA gymnast team did an awful job in that time. Um, It took roughly a year after initial reports for the FBI to get involved for anything yeah. to happen. Really? Yeah. So and they let him continue to practice as these allegations were being um, investigated. That's sickening. Yeah. Heesh. Yeah. Yeah. So isn't that crazy that we've heard of like Harvey and Bill Cosby mm-hmm. and all these? I've, yeah, and I've never heard of this. Sick... I've definitely heard of him. Oh. I had forgotten his connection to that. Yeah. But so, wow. Yeah. Quite oh. the doozy. Like I said, watch some testimonies. It's very inspiring. Sick, sick man. Sorry for for the downer. That's why I wanted to go in the middle. How am I supposed to segue away from that, I don't know how you're going to follow that. Sorry. So sad. Take us out on a good note. Dakota, please bring up the Please bring our move back up. Okay. Well, okay. Just to change the tone, the only things I can think of even related to that horror fest was... Um, back to Eric's topic is that uh, esports is trying to become its own Olympic thing, so that's really oh. interesting. Oh. Yeah. What would that entail? Uh, um, Fortnite and stuff. You guys have heard of that? Yeah, yeah. competitive like battle royale things. Whoa. People are trying I would to assume get big in the league. Would be a huge Rocket thing. League. Ooh, would be that'd big be a cool thing. Yeah. yeah, I'd watch that. And like, you think you're good at Rocket League? Watch no, competitive you're not. Rocket oh, League. You're not good Rocket at Rocket League. league. Um, uh, the the only other thing I could relate to that again, uh, as far as the transition is, my story actually takes place in Japan, which is kind Whoa. of ironic. Oh. So Tokyo Olympics. Um, I'm going to be talking about one of my favorite childhood toys, which I don't talk about very often. But I was always envious of my friends who had these, especially the name brand ones, and I always really liked them. Is it a Tamagotchi? No, oh. it's. <laughs> I was, I was, <laughs> my favorite I was thinking Tamagotchi. A, I don't know. Bionicles. You no. like Bionicles. I do like I don't Bionicles. Japan-based. No, 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 no. The, okay, the, the orig- <laughs> Oh, I'm bearing the lead hard on this okay, one. This, okay, is gonna, okay. this, is gonna be, this is gonna be fun for me. I'll keep okay. guessing then. Okay. Yeah, let us so, keep guessing. It, in anticipation for this, um, doing the research and stuff, I've been influenced a little bit by this book I've been reading by Bill Bryson um, called A Brief History of Everything. Um, it's basically a brief history about everything from home and stuff. 
And I, I was thinking a lot about like interesting origin stories of how things came to be. And I definitely wanted my topic to be about architecture because that's, you know, my profession. But while looking into that, I was doing some research about some of my favorite architects and favorite architectural stories that I had come through throughout my career in education. And I accidentally did some mistyping. And I stumbled upon this really cool gem that I learned freshman year and I completely, completely forgot. But this story um, takes place in Japan. Uh, it's about my my favorite toy ever. Do you guys have a... This is an architectural toy. Do you guys have any guesses of what it could be? I didn't know there was such a thing. An architectural toy. Yeah. Is it the thing where you put your piece, uh, your pencil on a piece of paper and zigzag it around till it makes... That's not a toy. It could be a toy. I played with it. <laughs> uh, an Etch-a-Sketch. It's... <gasps> what? Oh, I thought he was right. <laughs> oh, no, 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 no. No, it's Lincoln Logs. Ooh, I love oh, Lincoln Logs! I know! It's, I had so many Lincoln Logs. Everyone sleeps on Lincoln Logs. They're so much fun. I would not have thought Japanese. Japan. Yes, I didn't and know so that. this was what I was going to talk about. Is that, Did you guys know that Lincoln Logs was actually inspired in Japan and not no. necessarily on log cabins in, like, America? What? Legit no idea. I'm going to go over the story of how Lincoln oh. Logs came to be. Okay. Cute. This started off in Japan, like I said, between... Kind of a, a, it's a father-son story. <laughs> so cute. <laughs> this, this takes place in about 1912, um, when the father, the, the, the creator of Lincoln Logs is named John. And he had his father named Frank. And Frank was an architect who was, at the time, designing uh, the Imperial, Imperial Hotel in Japan uh, during 1912. And this was really, really influential on uh, the creator of Lincoln Logs, John. Uh, John went on to go to college and stuff. He was actually studying to become an architect, too, uh, much like his father. Unfortunately, his father's fame and escapades from completing all these jobs and similar jobs like it kind of influenced, in a negative way, uh, John's career. So Frank was out messing around. Do you have a question? Kind of. I feel like I know who... Don't, but I'm burying the lead really yeah, hard. Okay. Okay. Oh. Okay. So... Lloyd Wright? Yeah. You're wearing the shirt. I know. <laughs> <laughs> that's the big that's the big reveal is that the creator of Lincoln Logs is actually the son of Frank Lloyd Wright. Oh. Yeah. That's super cool. So when you um, said Frank, I immediately went there. Well now I know. I, but that's yeah, a good I well. A, well now I a lot know of people don't know who Frank Lloyd Wright is. He's like one of the most famous American architects ever. If you Google Dream House, like his house will come up immediately. Yeah. Look up Falling Water. That's his house. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright was a very prolific architect back in his day. But he was also very controversial, and there was a lot of stories surrounding him. And this is one I wanted to share. And then when I figured out his son made Lincoln Logs, I was like, whoa, crazy. Um, so anyway, uh, John, John, the creator of Lincoln Logs, went to college. He was really influenced by his father's career um, in both positive and negative way. He wanted to become an architect. That's what he was studying for. But meanwhile, uh, two years after this Japan trip, after John had gotten this idea about the Lincoln Logs from watching the Japanese actually make the building out of wood uh, with interlocking joints because they have to do that because Japan's really seismic and they have a lot of earthquakes oh. so the buildings have to be designed in a particular way so they don't fall over. So this idea of this interlocking system with the wood members uh, sat in John's mind for a long time while he was going to college and he had every intention of becoming an architect you know after being influenced by his father. However, his personal life was so negatively impacted by his dad because, meanwhile, uh, about two years after they had went to, to, to Japan together, Frank actually left his wife and his four kids to run off with one of his client's wives, who, who became his mistress, and this became Ooh. a big scandal. And because Frank Lloyd Wright was so famous, um, it ended up becoming in, in 
it was in the press and it was like this big crazy issue so hence stuff. to say he has daddy issues in architecture specifically he yeah. does he does <laughs> and he began to get a, a little resentful but also it affected his personal life because people kept talking about how terrible his father yeah. was for yeah, leaving his family sucks. and stuff it even went so far most people don't know this to where frank lloyd wright was actually arrested um i oh. believe the yeah he was actually arrested and i forget the uh, actual law but apparently it was illegal back then to transfer a woman over state lines for immoral purposes <laughs> so he was arrested for a few days because of that um but eventually <laughs> for uh, immoral purposes <laughs> <laughs> john's mom was unwilling to officially recognize the divorce between frank lord mm. wright and herself mm -hmm. so he was basically forced to have this mistress this client's wife of his that's what any man would say. Not, yeah, that's Well, he couldn't marry her is what I mean, but yeah. Um, so she had two kids, too. I believe the wife. Too. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I know, this poor girl. Um, so he, he ended up building her a house, this really famous house called Taliesin West. Called the Whore House? Well, it was... Oh. Ooh. <laughs> spicy. <laughs> Quack. <laughs> um, actually, they, they it was called Taliesin West. Uh, Frank Lloyd Wright named it, but the press called it the Love Shack and, like, ah. the Kingdom of Love and all these, like, Ooh. immoral things. Um, and it got so heated and so bad that, essentially, it was infiltrated by people who weren't very big fans of Frank Lloyd Wright. And... While he wasn't there, unfortunately, he, his family, his mistress, and her two kids were living there along with a bunch of house servants and a few of his students were there. Um, the, house, the house was actually burnt down um, after their, uh, I believe it was their cook, actually axe-murdered his mistress. Cool. And, uh, like, everyone inside except, like, two people were to escape. And so it was, like, this crazy, they call it the Taliesin West Massacre. Jeez. But anyway, all of that drama was happening. Um, John was having to deal with this at the time. And so the reason he actually came up with Lincoln Logs is because he had to leave college and not become an architect and he had to find a way to make money. And so he came up with this project of Lincoln Logs, eventually got it patented. Um, he had this great story about how he was Frank Lloyd Wright's father, blah, blah, blah. Son. Obviously, it's, or son, excuse me. Um, so obviously he was going to be successful mm -hmm. to some sort of degree, but mm -hmm. Lincoln Logs obviously took off and became what they are today. Yeah. So business plan, have your dad create a lot of drama, coast off that, mm -hmm. make a toy. I'd say that more so ruined <laughs> his life, yeah. actually. Yeah. Definitely That's influenced, true. yeah. Yeah. That's really cute and cool. I like that story, and it makes me like the Lincoln Logs that you I like played with as a kid. like the murder burned down the house story? You like the story where the guy leaves his wife and four kids <laughs> and goes and starts banging another lady? Yes. But <laughs> Jet, you got some rose-colored glasses on, I think. But, no, I like that it's a, what would you call it? Just like a coming-of-age okay. story or an origin story? It's you know? a story, story of karma, I would say. Yeah, yeah. sure. Yeah. Let's yeah. hope that his son, John, created a kid's toy, married a woman or man that made him very happy. They had kids, and they all played with Lincoln Logs and lived happily ever after. Hmm. We can hope. Sure, we yeah. can hope. Be we cute. Can hope. Wow. Nobody look up anything about John Wright. <laughs> Let's not know. John about Lloyd John Wright, Wright? or Probably Frank Lloyd Wright. Wright? No, I would assume it's John Wright. It's John Kenny Lloyd Wright, I believe. Okay, yeah. yeah. Is this Don't, name? Nobody look up anything about it. We just have to believe. It's better that. off. Not yeah. Now. We just have to believe that he got married. Had kids. he was better than his dad. Yeah. 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 We can hope. We can hope. Cute. Yeah. I like it. Is there more? Oh, no, no, that oh, was okay. it. You, you could understand why at breakfast this morning I was so confused about where I was going to take it. <laughs> yeah, <we laughs> How I was going to end session. it and all this stuff. You guys 
unburied my lead. So Sorry. No, it's okay. It was a boring lead anyway. But. Well, you said Japan and then a famous building that was being built in 1912. Mm-hmm. And I was like, and the guy's dad's name is Frank. I, I The went, Frank. Yeah. I didn't catch on. You would have got The me. problem is, is that. Most people don't know who Frank Lloyd Wright is. But you guys do because you're in my atmosphere. Dakota's also sitting in this room in front of our eyes wearing a Frank Lloyd Wright shirt. shirt. (laughs) I literally make like windows and stuff. Oh yeah, in this morning, he very like casually says, oh, I just pulled out this from the closet. Like, only but a goodie. And he totally knew it was the... His Easter egg to a story. I'm so lame. I know. I know. I I get it. Honestly, if you hadn't worn that shirt, I probably wouldn't have gotten there. Really? Yeah. I guess the back says Frank Lloyd Wright too. I've seen it. I've noticed it this morning. Well, cute. Well, good job, Dakota. Next time, I'm gonna wear a hockey jersey and talk about I don't know some other architect or something. Sure, pucks. (laughs) I'm gonna be that guy, but I did know who Frank Lloyd Wright was before I met you. That's not true. You're right. It's not (laughs) really. Go ahead and gaslight Eric. (laughs) Very true. Good job. Well, thank you, boys, for joining us. It has been lovely to have you here, especially because Mackenzie and I. We're not wanting to record yesterday, and it sounded a lot more fun to have you guys in on it today and join us in hanging out. I wanted to record yesterday. Jet just wasn't prepared, so she decided to give away our topics. (laughs) Give away? To hand out our homework. To outsource. Yes. Mm. (laughs) Outsourcing. We outsourced our homework. But it was great. No, it was was great. You should hire professionals next time. Good point. Not me. (laughs) Or you could sponsor us and make us professionals. You could give us topic ideas and... Sit and listen. I don't know. I'll you, I enjoy having If you pay me, you I'll produce the show. No. Oh, yeah, that's my job. <laughs> you trying yeah. to steal your wife's job? Come on. She's already got a job. So do, do you. <laughs> yeah, she makes a ton more money than I do. That's why I said she pays me to produce and <laughs> I do it. your job to edit my one-hour podcast? <laughs> yeah. Do you think I can make the same kind of money I do now? No. She doesn't mm. pay well enough. Oh, nerds. No, I don't no. respect I'm her. Cheap, Eric, I feel like you need more experience as an assistant before you can... Yeah, you have to shadow for, for that kind a one-year internship minimum unpaid. <laughs> unpaid internship. <laughs> you get me coffee. <laughs> I do that now anyways. That's true. Mm. Well, I, you have I, nine years experience. I have nine years experience of getting you coffee, so. It's a good start. One more decade. We'll yep. <laughs> one more decade and then I'm golden. Yep. Well, thank you boys for joining us. Thank As you for always, having us. <laughs> of course. As always, we are not experts, but we are definitely fascinated. You can subscribe anywhere you listen to podcasts to hear us again next time. You can find us on Instagram, Facebook, and Twitter. And if you have more information to add to this week's topics or future topics that you want to suggest, you can email us at friendsfascinated at gmail.com. We can't wait to blow your mind with future curiosities next time. You've listened to an episode of Friends Fascinated. Thanks for listening.